0: Father, we bless your name. We thank you, Lord, because your people have not gathered in vain. We thank you, Lord, because you are eager to show us what to do than we even know. Let your mercy open our eyes this evening. Let your mercy cause us to hear your voice in the name of Jesus. Drop that idea in our hearts in the name of Jesus. Lord, we give you praise forever. We go home rejoicing this evening. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.
1: Alright, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. If you believe, you give me an amen. amen. Alright, can we just um, quickly um, take our declaration of understanding as we usually do when we want to study. Are we ready? Alright, let's do that. 1, 2, let's go. The Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will, in you know, all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. God is entering my heart. Light and direction. It is giving me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. If you believe what you have declared, give me another amen. amen. And then the word of healing is coming to you again today in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. No matter where you are joining us from, I want you to know that the healing power of God does not understand distance. Wherever it is you are joining us from, that same power will reach you where you are in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. Can we just quickly open our Bibles? We are going to pray. It's our school of prayer. And we are looking at how we should stay prayed up all the time as believers in Christ Jesus. How we should stay prayed up all the time as believers in Christ Jesus. Today let's open our Bibles to the book of Joshua chapter 1. We're reading this in the house this morning, and I just felt like we should just um, pick up from there again. That is here, uh, pick up from there today to continue what we we're teaching last time. He said, um, from verse one, now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan you and all these people, to the land which I am giving to them, that is, the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the lands of the Hittites, And as far as the great sea, toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. He said in verse 6, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give these people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Your portion is, verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Now, notice where that courage will manifest. First of all, be careful. Be careful. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from me to the right or the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. Or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, what we have been talking about is how we pray for ourselves as believers in Christ Jesus. And there's something that Jesus taught us then. He said, Men ought always to pray and not get tired. Men ought always to pray and not be discouraged. Men ought always to pray and not give up. So prayer for us is a constant process. I just feel like to explain to us again. You see, James says something, which is what this one is also saying. I will explain it. James said the perfect man is known by how he uses what? His mouth. It is how you use your mouth that determines the amount of wisdom you have in life. The amount of um, um, control you have over your spirit is what you do with your mouth. And this life is loaded with temptations. You know, is loaded with temptations, temptations to sin with your mouth, temptation to utter things that are wrong, temptations to say things that are not appropriate. Last time I emphasized um, extensively that the seed is the what? The word of God. The seed is the word of God. The seed is not money. The seed is the word of God, what we plant all the time, and that's the responsibility we have as believers. That is that what we have as believers as our responsibility, to plant the word of God around us constantly. What we are looking for in life is the fruit of words that are planted. So James explained that, watch what you say. So in, in life, things will happen, be careful how you respond. They speak about your nation, the, uh, uh, the circumstance around you, be careful how you respond. When people talk, be careful how you respond. When things happen, be careful how you respond. Don't just open your mouth and say just anything that comes out of it. And most importantly, do not, the Bible gave a commandment to Israel like that. Don't follow the multitude to do what is wrong. A lot of Christians do that. They follow the multitude to comment wrongly. They follow the multitude to insult the head of state. They follow the multitude to comment on economics. They follow the multitude to comment on the environment around them. Why are they saying what they are saying? Simply because everybody is saying it. They don't know what they are saying. Everybody He's saying it. You know, I saw somebody analyze the other day. A preacher actually was analyzing what's going on in America. You understand? Black Lives Matter. You understand? Most people go for rioting. Black Lives Matter. They're not. no one. I'm not saying you you must be black to be part of it, but they're not even black. Number one. Number two, they break the shores of black people while fighting for Black Lives Matter. Actually, nobody's fighting for anything. They are just a mob. Are you getting my point? who saw the opportunity to destroy. Um, Do you know the truth? Many people follow things like that. And you have to understand, that's how life is. Many people are just speaking because speaking, you know, people want to be part of the group. You want to, you know, like we say, you want to belong. You want to belong. And listen to me, as a child of God, you are being judged for it too. You are being judged for it. I say your life is a summary of divine judgment. When I say judgment now, I don't mean divine punishment. I mean divine decree As a judge sits in judgment. That's what I mean. So every word you are uttering is seed you are planting. And they are going to come up to respond to you later. Bear it very, very carefully in mind. You must bear it in mind. So life is always pushing you to say something. Remember the story of Job. We've told it many times. Job was being checked for what he would say. Not what he would do. But for what he would say. So you are being checked also like that every day. Job lost his um, wealth. What he would say was being checked. Job lost his family. What he would say was being checked. Job lost his health. What he would say was being checked. Nobody would say that uh, the amount of suffering Job has suffered, he should be able to say anything and get away with it. Even God will understand. I hope you're getting my point. If it's us, we, should, I mean, we just say, hey, Job, the man has tried now. I can't say what to go through all the things that he has gone through and not say something wrong. But he was still being checked, even to the last. I mean, he has gone through everything. Even his wife, with everything she knew, I assume he must have taught her a lot of things. At least they live in the same house for all those years to have all those children. So she said, ah, okay. I understand. But it has reached a point in which, who would now say, what's inside our hearts? Joe said, say, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you, this woman? Are you going to accept good from the hand of the Lord? And, um, not expect, uh, accept evil from his hand. The woman said, curse God and die. The woman, the man refused. The point I'm making is that what he would say was all that was being checked. So bear that in mind. Life tempts you every day to say certain things. So your responsibility in life is to watch what you say. Remember, we're talking about to stay prayed up all the time. Why did I read this one? Just to remind us of something I alluded to last time. And that's the fact that the courage that God was instructing Joshua concerning was not first of all courage in facing giants. You must remember that Joshua had faced giants and he was not afraid. Remember, it was one of the two, him and Caleb alone, that saw the giants and told the rest of the people, "We can take the land." So I'm not saying God couldn't tell him to continue to have courage, but that wasn't the primary thing concerning um, Joshua. Joshua's courage was supposed to be first of all in obeying what God will say to him, in obeying the words that Moses had commanded him, he said, be careful in that verse seven, uh, verse, um, uh, yeah, verse seven, be careful concerning those words, not to turn from it to the right or to the left. So the first courage that Joshua needed to exercise, the first courage, the first place he needed to show courage was in not turning from the instructions that God will give or the ones that God had given through Moses. And in answer, how will you ensure that you have this courage? How will you ensure, because in, like we all understand, what it, grace is what you need to do everything you have to do. To obey God needs grace. It doesn't need determination. What does it need? Grace. To obey God needs what? Grace. It needs grace, not determination. If you are going to obey God, it will be because you have grace walking on your side. So, Ezekiel, my best example there. Ezekiel explained that when the word of God came to him that says, Stand on your feet. He was, he had already fallen down because he lost strength. So he could not get up by his own strength. So the spirit entered into him and did what? Set him on his feet. I hope you understand that point. All right. So, now, how do we now tap into that grace? It is simply, like he said here, By paying attention to the word, So he said, now that's where I'm going. This book of the law shall not depart from your mind. You can see you are going to be thinking about it day and night. Was that what he said? What did he say? Mouth. Mouth. The word will not depart from your mouth. It's not supposed to not depart from your mind. Of course we know that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. But the emphasis is that it has to come from your mouth. He said, for that reason, you, are, you will speak in it. That's me not the word meditate. You will mutter, utter things from that word day and night. And that's what we're talking about. How do we stay prayed up all the time? It is simply to put the word of God, the promises of God on our lips all the time. When we do that, it generates one, grace to obey God. Secondly, we said it earlier, we are sowing the seed, which is the word of God. I hope you're getting my point. Let me just remind us again. Faith, by faith we do what? We understand. By faith we do what? By faith we do what? Without faith we have no understanding. So they will talk about coronavirus pandemic. It's good to wash your hands and do everything they say we should do. Amen? But before you start washing your hands, you understand? Be it in mind. I mean, and you alter it. You will not die before your time. I say amen since we started saying the amen. amen. Washing hands will not keep you alive. There are those who are so clean, they died. Now, I'm not saying you go around and be dirty. That's Say that. But at least you understand. You, you see, by faith, we do what? We understand. Before we do anything in life, we must start with that understanding. So when, you, when they want to talk, hey, coronavirus wants to kill people. First establish before you leave your house, before you do any of the public health measures, social distancing, this and everything they say you should do. First establish before you leave your house that my life is not an accident. My life is what? Not an accident. I will not die by chance. Do you get my point? You establish truth in your heart first before you take any action outside. Do you hear what I said? What's the first thing you do? Establish. establish truth in your heart before you take any actions outside. Now, when you establish truth in your heart, you respond to things with your words. I hope you're getting one. What I'm explaining. So they say coronavirus is killing people. Just, just it will not kill me. That's a seed. What did I say? That's a seed. That is a seed. Understand? Listen, I said it before. I need to say it again. I was talking to one of my sisters yesterday. She's a community health physician, and she's very, you know, in front. You know what I say? In front. In, you know what I say? In front. In front of treating people. So we were talking extensively. Told me stories of people that died and all of that. I said, "You meet that number of people died." He said, "My brother." And why so I say, I I remember. I said, "Oh, you're in front. You brought everybody to you." So he saw those who died, those who recovered, and all of that. Oh we now finished, I said, "But well, you remember that coronavirus does not kill people; the spirit of death does." Did you hear what I said? I'm not saying it's 5G. I'm trying to explain. You know, some people think that when I said, "No, it's true," people are misunderstanding what I'm saying. That I said, "No, no, it's, no, no, that's not what I mean." What I'm trying to say is that no physical things kill people really; it is the spirit of death. Death is, an, is a commandment, it's an instruction, it's a decree from heaven. Did you hear what I said? Yes, Somebody can be on the, on the verge of death. Coronavirus has taken 90% of the lung capacity. And then the fellow, you know, you know what happened to Jonah? David Person would tell that Jonah died. Well, the Bible didn't say that overtly, it's possible. But one thing I know is that Jonah was at least 99.9% near death. Why I'm tempted to agree with Paulson is that when you read what Jonah said, he had, I don't want to use the word drowned yet, he at least he was unconscious, he had stopped struggling, and he had fallen to the bottom of the ocean. Or we see, whatever he was on that time. You can read his account. Then there he prayed. And then God revived him. Do you get my point? What I'm going to say is that 99% long capacity taken and the fellow is about to die off, if the fellow asks God for mercy, and God reverses the judgment of death, doctors will just be alarmed that the fellow will start recovering. And we have had many testimonies like that. One of our brothers here had that testimony. His own was Lassa fever. The doctors were frustrated. He's a doctor himself. They are giving, when doctors are treating doctors, I can assure you, they treat better than usual. Oh, Yes. The way you are not, even you, you will do like that. She's <laughs> done nothing, like don't mind them. They are don't mind them. It's the way it is. When it's your colleague, you understand the way they ra- uh-uh, the way they will rally around you like you'll be like, ah, you mean this country can work like this? You'll be amazed at what they can find. You'll be amazed at what they can do. This guy, they had done everything. He wasn't getting better. Then the word of the Lord came to him. In messages he was playing, you know, his cousin would just come. Put message on the, on the phone and keep it there. And he was listening to it morning afternoon and night. And faith was boosted. And one day he opened his mouth and told the doctors, I'm going home this week. And they laughed. Even the nurses were surprised that dog, <laughs> is it because he's a doctor? <laughs> yeah. He said that maybe like on on I can't remember the day. That I'm going this week. Friday I'll be out of here. He had bed sores, and he said Friday, I'll be out of here. The nurse that wanted to dress his wound on first day screamed when she turned his back. They were gone. Why? Because God released a different decree. I hope you're getting my point. The power of death or the power of life and of death is not in the hands of any virus. Whether it is Corona or lassa, or Ebola. So I was talking to my sister yesterday. I said these are just things that go to scare people. We have their faith so that the spirit of death can come. One of my friends told me something the other day that his, his dad is an elderly man. He should be in his 80s. I don't know exactly how old, but definitely in his 80s. I said, do I know that the man was very ill? Now, looking back, now, maybe it was even corona. We don't even know because something started exp- you know, exposing themselves recently when we started hearing all the other things because his lungs were bad. Then they diagnosed that he had bronchopneumonia. Are you getting my point? He said, but the father just said, I mean, he started saying things, people coming to take him and all of that. He just said, no, my time is not yet. And he lived. He said something, he just told him that, no, your time is not yet. And the man lived. I remember one man, this was, I saw it on TV. Not Christian TV. I think it's a one program called Banked Up Abroad. Many of you may have seen it in National Geographic. This guy, he was stabbed, you know, in a foreign country that is an American. was stabbed abroad in prison. They imprisoned him for something he did, or I don't know. But he was in prison, he got into a prison fight. They stabbed him badly. He was injured. He heard the doctors pronounce him dead. They carried his corpse and put it on the, on a, steel slab and they left him for dead he was telling the story and he looked down at his body and saw it lying down there I don't know how long that happened and he said he thought to himself all these struggles will end here and he said no it can't end here in his mind I have to get out of prison I have to get back home my life cannot end here the person that was trying to dress the body, you know, carry it away. So he didn't shouted when he began to move. Because as soon as he said that, phew, he was back in his body and began to gasp for breath again. With all the injuries, he lived. They had certified him dead. They had washed their hands off him. They had transferred his body onto a metal slab. And the doctors were gone. They were like just pack him up, dress him up, we'll go keep him ready for burial, or release to his family. He said, and he was watching everything. And he said to himself, no, it can't end here. What just happened to him was that just thought of many things and said, no, this is the wrong time to die. He was watching them from above. That is inside the room. He was still there. He was just standing there watching everybody. These are real things. It's not just not not pastors trying to make them happy. These are real things. No, I said, when I was a... When Obafemi Awolowo died, you understand? I don't know how many of you remember. Okay, sorry. I forgot that. I keep wanting everybody here is my age. <laughs> Just look at the color of the beards, You know who's who. <laughs> it's true now. <laughs> you can grow, no matter how long. I saw all you men growing things. But don't worry. By the color, you shall know your level. Amen? The Lord is good. Where's my friend Patrick? He normally helps me out with stories like this. Anyway, when Obafemi Awolowo was... Um, Going to die. Now, he turned, I've forgotten the age, the last birthday he had anyway, make a long story short. He, he asked for a particular book. He began to talk like a man who knew he was going to die. It was in the news that time, it was all over the papers, and he asked for a particular book. Now, when he died, 5,000 naira, eh? no regular working person in Nigeria, like a, a, a medical doctor, earned 5,000 naira a month. Okay? I remember because. I was still, was I university or was before? Which year did he die? Who can remember? But it's long ago. It's quite some time ago, all right? But he offered 5000 era for the book. If anybody, during his birthday, if anybody could get in this book, the book was on something about life after death, all right? I remember the title. I just want to alter it now, all right? That he will give the person 5000 era. So one lawyer there said to him that, uh, that he had the book, that he will give it to him free of charge. So years later that's something the story. Yes, this was been before I got into university because while I was in university I located the book and I read it. There's a story inside the book that I want to tell. All right? Now it was not a Christian book per se. I can't remember the details, but it was the story about people's encounters after death. Things to just show that there's a life after now. So one particular man, he said he was sick. Sorry, all his life he had been ill. You know, he has a problem with his lungs or stuff. So it kept on getting worse, and they were now going to operate him one day. And while he was in the hospital waiting for the surgery, a light just shone in one corner one day. And somebody came from there. They didn't describe the person. And the person took him out of his body, okay, and took him on the tour of the hospital environment. So he told them, that, look, this is where they are go- you are going to go out of your room. They will put you on the bed here. They will wheel you down this um, corridor. This is the theater. Your operation will be here. And then he went down the operating table. So he said, no problem. So he here the fellow took the talk. And after that, he was in his room. Then the fellow brought him back. And he he woke up again in his body and took a piece of paper and began to write. You know what he was doing? He was writing a letter to his wife. He knew he was going to die. So he was writing to his wife that you see. It's going to happen, and no, sorry, it wasn't. Going to tell, it wasn't telling how it will happen. It was telling how how to handle affairs. So you do this with this, do this with our business, do this with money. do this with our uh, our son, and all of that. And then he broke and started crying. So that fellow appeared again. He said, why are you crying? And he said that no, nothing. That he's not afraid to die, but that as he we was writing the letter, he was not thinking how will my wife cope. That they just adopted a child. They had a child. They just adopted another one. So he was not thinking, how would this woman cope with all of this all by herself? So he just told the guy that that's why I'm crying. The guy now said, okay. So you don't want to die then? He said, no. Not really because his wife will find it hard to manage. So the guy said, no problem. You will leave. They took him to theater. Things went bad. They struggled to keep him alive. And eventually he pulled through and he lived. That was why he told the story. I hope you are getting my point. Why am I telling that story again? Death is not an accident. You can pray somebody out of a deathbed. Do you get my point? Jonah prayed himself out of death. As I told the story of my friend's father, the man just said no, that no, the time is not right, and. An elderly man was seriously sick. His lungs were shutting down. He said, I, I think people had come to greet him like, guys. Yeah, guy, come, come, come. He said, when the job, look everybody go away. I'm not, going, I'm not coming yet. That my time is not yet. If anybody wants to give you an impression that all there is to life is this uh, coronavirus, you can see. <laughs> That's my point. Or the, work, the job you do, the money you earn, the market you go to. No, there's much more. I'm sure those people over there are just watching us misbehave sometimes. Say, why are you thinking that this your year, hundred years is all there is to it? The food that started cooking when you were born, it's never even done yet. Where are they? And it's still morning. Do you get my point? Relax. There's so much more. And the spiritual things control that which is in the physical. That's my emphasis. Remember, I said with what? Without faith, we have what? No understanding. It's only by faith that we do what? we understand. You have to put these things in mind before you leave your home in the morning. Do you get my point? Put these things in mind. You know, one funny thing happened this afternoon. I've been looking for my car keys for three days. Three days. I then the car key particularly because it had two attachments. One of them, a flash drive that contained important information. So yesterday I told the children, Everybody come and look for this. They searched everywhere in the house. If I would have been social sure was not in the house, except that I drew. you know, these cars can't drive without their keys. Have you noticed? Have <laughs> you noticed that if you remove the key, the car will stop. Even if it's a remote key, once it's far from the car, it will go off. So that was the thing that made it clear to me. The key has to be somewhere in the house. So it's good to have young boys in the house. There are jobs that old men. And girls can't do. Not even talking about old women. So I told one of my boys, yeah, come. So he will lie on the ground and look under the bed. I put light, he checked under the bed, moved furniture up and down, checked everywhere. Ah, ah! Will not find you. So one of our brothers, he was chatting with me this afternoon. So he told me something, ah, God has helped us, so give me testimonies. I just say, ah, praise God for your life. Meanwhile, I'm looking for my carcass and it's important. Please pray. So he sent me a message back. He said, This car key floats to where you'll be seen in Jesus' name. I said, Amen. Five minutes later, I sent him a message back. Found. After three days. What just happened was that as I was about to leave the house, I said, Okay, let me go and get my shoes. So I walked in to where the shoe rack was. As soon as I was about to step in, I just had a flash in my mind it's inside one of the shoes. So I began to remember things. Yes, one of the kids wanted to carry stuff for me that day. His hands were full. So, for that reason, we dropped the key inside the shoe. So, just went, stuck the shoe on the rack, and three days we've been for, for a shoe. So, the shoe I had in my mind, I just rushed for the shoe, picked it, shook it, it wasn't there. I said, I lie." I began to pick shoe after shoe. Finally, I picked my Hey, choko choko. Hey, thank you. Give me my keys. So, I sent him, I said, I said, bros, found. Less than 10 minutes after I told him, pray and he prophesied. We not started chatting. Said, God answers prayers though. Someone so said coincidence. Well, I like when the Father Nando used to tell us when we were in school. Father Nando was one of our priests. He said, Well, you call answer to prayer coincidence. He said, No problem. The more we pray, the more coincidences happen. So leave it like that. Leave it. There's no need. There's no need to quarrel. Let's just keep on having coincidence. Let me pray for you. You have coincidence breakthrough. You will be coincidentally, coincidentally, let me speak my English well. Coincidentally, you will be saved. Amen. Bullet will miss you. Amen. It's coincidence, but you will be alive. Amen. Coronavirus will not catch you. Amen. Amen. You will catch coronavirus virus and chew it and spit it out. Amen. It's a coincidence, but it will happen to you. Amen. By coincidence, you will just happen to be needed. You will happen to walk to a place where your skill is needed. And they will pay you what you used to earn in two years in one job. Amen. That has happened to somebody I would know before. Tony it go and hear his story. First job he got on his own after he was fired from his work. Paid him what he used to earn in two years. That would be your own coincidence too. Amen. Say amen like you like it like that. Amen. Thank you. Why right, I tell the story? Spiritual things are real Spiritual things are what? Yeah. They are real. They are very real. Put these things in mind before you leave your home. You know, the other day I took, I read an article. Somebody said that um, Africans like curses too much. You know, I, some people will now say, hey, one day I wrote who's going to hell. One man said, he liked what I wrote as if there's no hell for I. Is that what I said? I just explained the kind of people that I will go and those who will not go. And the women that with earrings and hair extensions, that is not why God sends you. You know, there are some women that and they said that uh, they went to hellfire. They saw people with Brazilian hair, Indian hair, and uh, all the rope, you know, all kinds of things. You know, women, they are here in adventure. So anybody that does adventure with the hair, they found the person in hellfire. And I said it's a lie. And I'm still saying it again in case you believe it that time. It's still a lie till today. It was a lie before then. It was a lie then. You see a light here today. So that's why I really tracked who's going to hell. Now, but some people join it on the superficial level that ah, Pastor Banke is saying that nobody's going to hell. Did I say so? Let me tell you if you want to go to hell, deny Jesus Christ. Refuse to accept him. He will come to you, expose the truth to him a few times, reject him. You are guaranteed to go to hell. There is a hellfire. I hope you're getting my point. All right? There is a hellfire. Okay? Now, some people be following you, all right? Because they don't know the full things you are saying. Some people follow me when I talk about curses. Nah, there's no curse. I did. I say there's no curse? Did they I ever say there's no curse? What did I say? I say if you are in Christ Jesus, you are not cursed. That's what I say. If you are in Christ, the curses in your life have been broken. Ancestor curse is not the reason why you're not prospering. The ones they are cooking up against you is not working. Did you hear what I said? Did I say nobody's cooking? I didn't say so. I said, "Whatever they are cooking, what did I say? It doesn't have effect. It's not working. So that's why I don't pray about it. Every person cursing me, die by fire, live and see the glory of God in my life. If you die by fire. How will God show? How will God shine? He prepares a table before me. Place where? Is it at the funeral of my enemies? No. So, me, I don't say die by fire. Why should you die by fire? Live by water. Whatever it is, just be alive. <laughs> but I will still prosper. I hope you're getting my point. But we believe in curses. We well, are just saying that it's not our portion. That's what we are saying. Now, having said that, when I read that article, I said, I responded, it said, no, it's not African believing in curses. I said, because if you don't believe in curses, you also cannot believe in blessings. You can't believe in blessings if you, don't, if you say there are no curses. They go together. They go together. If there are blessings, there are curses. You see where I'm going. The only reason why you get up in the morning, like we say, to go and hustle as a believer is because we are blessed. If you are not blessed, stay at home. Did you hear what I said? Remember? By faith, we understand. What am I going to say? If you are not blessed, if you have not collected the blessing and you are sure, you, you are sure the blessing is with you, there's no point going to work. Because the person that's not blessed will gather but the thing will be scattered. The fellow will look for much, it will come to little. And that little, he or she will bring it home and put it where? In a pocket that has holes. Do you know why Christians go out to work? Because we know we are blessed. So a Christian that gets up in the morning to go and work, to go and do business, is declaring before heaven and earth that I'm blessed. I expect the labor of my hands to prosper. What am I going to say? This is how we reason, believers. By faith, we understand. Don't leave your home until you are sure you are blessed. Make sure you know you are blessed. If you are not sure, take a leave. Stay at home. How do you know? You read your scriptures. Confess your sins. Declare the blessing of God upon your day. One of the things, when my children and I were praying, alright, when we were praying the whole home, one of the things we do I say, now, invoke the blessing of God. If it's Monday, say invoke the blessing of, of God upon this working week. Speak to the week that it will yield for you. Are you getting my point? That's how you do it. You speak to the week. The blessing I have in Christ, this week, you will yield, that you are speaking to the week, you will yield productivity for me. Now, when you have done that, then you can go out. And go and invest. You can go out and go and hustle. Hustle does not turn to prosperity. It's a blessing that uses hustle. To bring the the material blessing of God into your life. The blessing is first what? Spiritual. By faith we do what? We understand. After you've grasped your understanding. As a Christian. You cannot be doing mundane things. When I say mundane. The normal things. Wake up in the morning. Get to work, plan, invest, work, bid for a job. Now, all those things are the physical mechanisms by which God brings the spiritual blessing into material existence. But without the spiritual one, you are just wasting time. So the Bible says, except the Lord builds a house, what happens? The labor in vain, they are building. Now, let me ask you, is it that when God is building, the laborers now go to sleep? Think about it. Except the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain, they build it. So if the Lord is building, so we laborers are, the Lord is building, let's go and sleep. Do we do that? No, we don't. Except the Lord watches over a city. The watchmen are awake in vain. Now, do they now say that, oh, the Lord is watching the city, will not be watchmen again? Are you getting the logic there? So even though God is doing something, I said this last time, faith has its own duty every time. But my emphasis for today is that except the spiritual is in place, the material one is a waste of time. That's why we sow seeds. And the seed is what? Please say, I like hearing it. So if they say, jog, and then you're hard to be healthy, don't believe it though. What did I say? The other day, they won a uh, Nigerian basketballer. How many of you read about it? In Turkey, right? Somewhere in Europe. It was excess. Do, do you get my point? A basketballer. Basketball is one of the most intensive games on the earth. Those of you who play football, it is not half as physically intensive as basketball. I'm not joking about it. though. Only, until you try it, that's when you know Footballers, they are like lazy people where basketballers are. You know why? When you are playing football, it's bursts. Then you relax. relax. Most of the time, the ball is not on your side. Most of the time, you are just moving slowly, watching the ball. Then they pass to you, then you run. You run for like 15 seconds, then you stop again. In basketball, there's nothing like that. They have a small court. There are only six of them on one side. They are constantly moving and jumping. Running and Jumping. That is why they allow them to replace many times. You can go into the game, leave, and come back. So if you are talking about exercise, is their is their life? I played basketball a short while no I mean, as a young boy, the 1989. I remember my friends. You no know, sapri- Now everybody is at home for coronavirus. We're at home that time for surprise riots. Bangladesh locked our schools for five months because we went on strike. We we we, we rioted. Okay. Nationwide, it was not just um, my school. Though, nationwide. So in that period, I learned to play basketball. I traveled for one week. By the time I came back, I couldn't play. That is that short one-week period. I had lost the stamina. It's very intense. So if he's exercising, they should live forever. That's why I'm telling the whole story. Yet, one Nigerian was playing last week. And then he dropped and died. The heart just stopped. And that's it. He's dead. People who don't want to exercise before they go look and say, exercise is dangerous for you. (laughs) (laughs) But the truth is that the man is dead. So exercise does not keep you alive. What keeps you alive really? Now I'm not saying because somebody died. We've always known it. What keeps you alive really is the spirit of God that says live. So before you go out to jog, so your heart will be healthy, lay hands on the heart. First of all, ask God's mercy on the heart. Lord, have mercy upon me. I heard that my grandfather died at the age of fifty-two of heart failure. My father died at the age of fifty-three of heart failure. Now I'm forty-five, and my heart is already doing me one kind. Are you getting my point? It's not hard. Just put a hand on I and say, Lord, have mercy upon me. Forgive me my sins as you have, I mean, as you have forgiven me in Christ Jesus. Have mercy upon me. Let my heart be healed. Do you get my point? Yes. Then when you have spoken to the Lord, don't talk, talk to the heart. Heart, hear ye the word of the Lord. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases by his stripes I have been healed. So I speak to you, be healed. Then you go and jog. Then you can jog. Are you getting my point? Then you can jog. But you want to jog without doing that? Bros, don't be another story we'll be telling you. And that guy used to jog, oh. He couldn't jog, jog. The hair just tired. One man said jogging is bad for you. Now what I want to say is a joke, oh. Don't quote it. Though. This one is supposed to be a joke, oh. If I, should, I shouldn't have said it, i started already. It was a medical joke. The man said the number of uh, beats that you have to have in life has been counted. That is, running up and down. The faster it, <laughs> it beats, the quicker you will exhaust your, your allotted portion of beats. So, the man they said that uh, swimming is good for you. He said, Why is whale fat? <laughs> <laughs> he said, if, if swimming is so good, why is the whale fat? <laughs> Very, very funny joke. The, the man said, the, the one that made me laugh in the jokes is that, he said, listen, he was talking to Americans. He said, they said beer is not good. He said, but Germans drink beer all the time, but, and they have fewer heart attacks than Americans. He said, so, it can not be beer as a problem. They say, eating fatty foods, he mentioned another country, that they eat fatty foods, they don't have as many heart attacks as Americans. He counted everything. He said, yet Americans have too many heart attacks. He said, you know the problem? Speaking English. <laughs> he said, just stop speaking English. Now, it, it may sound funny, but if you check some of the statistics, that's how they will go. The guy said, speaking English is what is killing you. <laughs> Now, like I said, that's just a joke. But the truth I'm trying to bring out for us is this. You cannot jog yourself into health until you have Sow the seed of health into your life. When you've sown the seed of health, then if you like jog, and don't come and lie to us that jogging kept me fit. Physical exercise profits little. I don't want to, I, don't lie to me. I, I, one man of God said something. He said, he gets all his exercise, you know how? By visiting people who are sick in hospital, who have been exercising. That all his friends exercise, he doesn't have time. But he gets one exercise climbing the stairs that when they fall sick, he goes to visit them to go and pray for them. So that's why he gets exercise. was trying to say something. That, listen, that's not what kept them alive. You know, there was something I mentioned here some time ago. It's called the obesity paradox. I don't know how many of you Google it up. Go and check it out. The obesity paradox. With all the noise they talk about being fat, being fat, they found out that the fatter people live longer than the slimmer people. I told you, if you want to live long, what do you do? You sow the seed of the word. The seed is what? The word word of God. God. Remember, I began this by saying that we first establish what? The truth in our hearts before we start doing anything outside. If you have established the truth about prosperity, then God God can lead you anywhere. You can say, go to Lagos. You can say, stay in Enugu. You can say, go to Ayungba. You can say, go to Australia. Or go to DRC, that's Congo. Or can say, go to Kenya. Go to Abuja. Go to Meduguri. We're talking prosperity. Once you have established the word of prosperity, and how do you establish that word? Is simple. It's from studying the scriptures also, number one. And then number two, from putting the scriptures where? In your mouth. You put it on your lips, and you sow the seed, which is the word of God. Listen to this. On a constant basis, not when you feel happy. How do we stay prayed up all the time? It's simply to fill our hearts with the truth of God and put sow the seed around us constantly. Please let me explain this. I want to quit because I don't I don't want to do too much more talking than I've done already. Remember, life is always trying to buy our tongue. Yes. Conversion. Bring your tongue to my side. Satan will say, the world will say. God will say, give me your tongue. That's what the issue is. How does life try to buy our tongue? You know, yesterday I was on a, I had a Zoom, a Zoom meeting. Zoom. It's an international study group. So I had to attend a meeting yesterday. Thank God for Zoom that you can switch off your voice. So I told my colleague that was with me there, I said, this is why I'm speaking plenty grammar. And I want to go. Why am I telling the story? Because they began to analyze for me statistics. Those who ate this kind of food. And I, I, I was looking at the person presenting. Graduate student, you know, like postgraduate student. person was talking, 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 talking. See, I don't care that you're an American. When you're talking nonsense, I can identify it. And one thing that struck me, they said, okay, now we are beginning to do this gene analysis and they will now find out that they will now look well, at these genes are actually, as I was looking at it, I was just laughing to myself. I said, very soon, somebody will collate all of these things and come and tell somebody that your genes have told us you will have cancer. Now, why am I telling the story? Now, for a long time, I have followed these studies. I have followed them. Today, they will tell you this. Tomorrow, they will tell you the other one. I told you yesterday's story because the person that was presenting, I felt like telling her across it, okay, are you serious when you're trying to crack a joke? These things you are telling me, you want me to change. You know, they told you that if you eat this kind of food, um, your heart will block. After 30 years, they said it's not true. That is, if you eat sugar, after six months, they said, no, we're not so sure it's sugar anymore. And you know, people are still swinging up and down because of it. Now, this is where I'm going. They do all the studies. At the end of the day, this is where it's going. For you to agree that something's wrong with you. There's a number who read it and say, Ah, you know, you're in our family. One day I was talking to one of my colleagues. He said, Ah, no, I have to be careful. Okay, we're talking. So she took a call, and it was her dad, elderly man. And the man congratulated her on something she just achieved. I hung up and I said, That's my father. Okay, we met at an airport, at Abuja airport. So we're just waiting for our flight. So said, That's my father. That is, he's congratulating me the third time for the same thing. He said, Oh, that he has dementia. I said, Oh, sorry. It's an old man, maybe 90-something. All right. So along the line we're not talking. I think she now forgot. I asked her about something. He said, Look, I think I forgot it. He said, Hey, you know there's dementia in my family. <laughs> no, that's that's what I'm telling you the story. I said, Madam, what kind of I was so angry that like, what kind of rubbish talk is this one? She went to tell me that no, that shouldn't be angry that she forgot something after I just witnessed that her father has dementia. Ha, it looked like, like Banke, in my mind, Banke, calm down. She's not a believer. You know that kind of thing. I said, okay, okay. I just relaxed. Now, what am to explain? That's what happens to us believers. Why did the person say that? Because they have said all kinds of things. Whether it's because of one water your father swam in 40 years ago, you don't know. But just because your father has a disease, now say it must happen to you. And a middle-aged person forgot something and said, ha, if you should be able to understand now, there's dementia in my family. People will tell me that, ah, no, I can't eat that much. Why? You know, my father has diabetes. Say, excuse me, and it's affecting your food? Ah, you know, there's diabetes in our family. So you see young people preparing to be what? Diabetic. I'm talking about how the world buys our tongue. What are we supposed to do? If your father indeed had dementia and is diabetic, you will say it will no longer be said that a father ate grapes and his children's teeth are set on edge. My father's dementia and his diabetes is his problem. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. Science only tells you what they have found out. They have not told you what they have not found out. I hope you got what I said now is very deep. What I said is deep, is deeper than your borehole. It's deep. They change their minds all the time. Based on and listen to me. If they study enough of you and me, they will change their mind again. Ah, I hope you get what I said. Why they keep changing their mind? That's what they have seen. They've used somebody's life. Those, that story, the stories the studies they are telling you. You don't if you know how to analyze the studies, you will laugh sometimes. I said it took them 30 years. To reverse a statement they made that if you eat cholesterol in egg and food, you will get high cholesterol in your blood and your heart will block. Now it wasn't happening a lot; it wasn't happening a lot in black Africa, all right, because of our diet. But it, they made that statement first before they could prove it. I don't know whether you're getting my point. The statement was made before there was proof. 30 years after, listen, the whole world changed advertising on an unfounded statement. Don't you buy things, today? You know they say, low cholesterol, low cholesterol. Everything, low cholesterol. As of four years ago, it was declared that we are sorry. No matter the cholesterol you eat, it does not affect the cholesterol in your blood. Now, I'm not, I'm not preaching, no. I'm giving you what? Scientific facts. Now, you see where I'm going. What does that tell you? It means 30 years ago, they were gambling. 30 years ago, it was an unfounded. It was a suspicion. 30 years ago, but they had the clout to push it. So they turned the whole world to the laboratory investigating, the scientific investigation lab. Then after 30 years, they gathered information and said, hey guys, mistake, eat your eggs, we are sorry. He said, ah, I've missed my eggs for 30 years, sorry now. Eat it for the last thirty years of your life. You will live that long. Yet you see people preaching it with all their hearts. The one that used to make me laugh is the see Africans telling you they don't eat egg. Africans don't eat egg. Why can you eat egg? You, you don't see them before. Spell it. <laughs> now the problem is you see the preaching. The preaching. The preaching that don't eat, we'll even leave our pulpits. Anyway, let me not sit on these things, please. We'll leave our pulpits. We have sold our tongues to science. That's the point I'm making. Instead of sowing seeds, that will say, I thank God for my food, it will be well with me. We'll say, please, did they use uh, um, ajinomoto to cook this thing? They are sniffing the ajinomoto to see whether something is there. They I said, did they put garlic? Yeah, I like garlic. I like garlic. Why? Well, garlic, garlic cleanses your blood. What else does it do? I have a classmate that was always crying over it. We call her Mama Lau. You know, there's Baba Lao. <laughs> Mama lao <laughs> It's a coronavirus. Boil garlic with uh, lemon grass and this and all of that. So anytime I want to say something, I said, sis, we've collected lemon weed. Then don't worry, we are fine. And People are pushing all kinds of things. Know they say that, so if he has this one, it will kill me. If you listen to me, what you are doing is that your tongue has been bought. Please get my point. You are now serving another purpose with your tongue instead of serving the counsel of God. How do we stay prayed up all the time? That's the point I'm making. We take the food. What do we do? We give thanks for it. Now listen to this. We now do what? We sow the seed, which is what? The word of God. So it is crucial that we know what God has said in every aspect of life, and we make it a habit. That's my emphasis. You know, we say, how do we stay prayed up? All the time. Not when there is problems alone. That is, you see food. I do that a lot. God helps me with that. Sometimes I take water. Ordinary water. You know, water that's very common. Thank God we're not in the desert. No, our water falls from the sky. What's that called? Rain now, nothing spiritual. It comes from the earth. We have it in rivers. It's, I'm not going to say it's everywhere around us. We're not the type that you will have assumed that should be so great when we see water because we have it in abundance. We have it in streams. We dig them out in wells. We have boreholes. It rains a lot in our environment here. Water is abundant around us. However, many times I take a glass of water. Just before I drink, I pause. And I give thanks for the water. Father, I thank you for you quench my thirst. That Thanksgiving, you know, that, 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 cup of water that I'm drinking like that is loaded with medicine because of what? Thanksgiving. David Parson reported studies, scientific studies that showed that he said something that if they calculated the power of prayer and the power of most of the, listen to this, antidepressant drugs, That's been taken by people worldwide today. Prayer is more potent. Now I'm not talking about church. This was checked in hospitals. Patients that God prayed for. And the ones that didn't get prayed for. How many of them needed antidepressants? What dosage did they need? How many of them needed painkillers? What dosage did they need? He said if there was a drug on earth. That somebody could develop. To get the same effect as prayer got, whoever develops it will be a billionaire. Yet, the same hospital will say, no, this is a secular hospital, you can't pray inside. What am I going to say? Prayer works. You give thanks for a glass of water. It has more antidepressants in it than the best antidepressant in the world. What do we do to our environment? We do what? We sow the word. How often? How often? Constantly. Look for every opportunity to sow the word. Ah, uh, there's one I tell you, it happened to me once when I was in Lagos those days. I bent over a stick and I was playing with somebody in the house where I was. I was just walking like this. Somebody and I said, hey, dog has 60. 60. You know, 60. I'm already looking at 60 now, But that time I was 20 something. He said, Oh, Doc has 60. You know what they call holy anger? The stick I was holding, I took it up and pointed at the person that spoke. Okay, let me use this mic. I was doing like this. I was just walking like this in the house. He said, Hey, Doc has 60. I said, Eh? 60. If you had said 95, I would even say, Okay, maybe you don't know too much. You get my point? 60. Have you seen a person at 80? I saw one man the other day, I saw the video. He said he's about a hundred and something years old. Is he dressed up on Sundays so go and preach. I have the video. People are disputing it. The man said, no, he knows he's 104. At least I saw another one yesterday. Uh, that one is a scientist. And that is, is, is British. He used to work in NASA. And he is um, 94. He still walks straight. And he likes taking walks because he likes the environment. And I've seen a man who started jogging at seventy-five. Sorry, he didn't start jogging. He started marathon at seventy-five. And I read the story when he was retiring at eighty-six or so. I can't remember the exact age. He started marathon at seventy-five because somebody advised him to start running to have, to combat what depression, because his wife died. He retired from running at eighty-something. Yet, I was twenty-something. Somebody said, Doc, at six, 60. Oh, no, I'm still angry. I'm still angry. If you had, had mentioned at 95, you don't get my point. I would say, maybe. Well, let's pray about it. Would we'll declare. 60. I took the stick like this. I did like this. Pointed it. I said, He satisfies my mouth with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagle's. I will never bend. That was how I ended it. I was just joking. I said, Me too. I was joking. Leave it like that. <laughs> Let joke, at least the joke has cancelled the other joke. And not take back team joke. No take back team joke. Who can announce this is that one? As you jokingly said, they are also jokingly reversed it. You are even happier I didn't say back to sender. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. So, by faith we do what? We understand. If you are analyzing the economy, please don't sit down and say, so what are we going to do? I say this all the time. Isaiah six verse twelve. Behold, I will cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. I declare that thing once in a while. If you listen, if I get money and it's two thousand nair, I declare it over the two thousand naira as a fulfillment of that word. If it's a thousand times that, I declare it as a fulfillment of that word. If you tell me that naira went down, became four fifty, do you know I didn't even realize that? You know this noise we are making now, That naira is at like four hundred now, right? It was if it's new. I was listening to one of our old messages about four years ago, when it crossed five hundred. Do you know? You know what I noticed? We well, didn't die. We well, didn't die. Did we die? Or you don't take. we can not remember? That's another joke I read somewhere. One man said, when I was young, I fall I fall from uh, from upstairs. So. The friend said, Jesus, you die? The guy said don't tear, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> he said he fell when he was young. The Lord is good. The one I'm making that did we die that time? Did we become less prosperous? When the thing hang for five hundred it it came down again. See this one that has come it has, it's hanging up like this. I don't have any doubts really. It's going to come back down. now, not because I want it to come back down. Actually, I'll leave. we should just stay here. You say why? So that f- foreign rights will remain expensive. That's just my reason. I- yeah, I-, I think for the local people, I like the local farmers to be able to sell. Because the more they can farm, the more they can sell, the more they make money, the more the environment becomes richer. That's just my own idea. But unfortunately, that my prophecy might not come to pass. That is remaining there. Just you slide down again? No, don't say amen because it means if you say amen, you want it to come down. What I'm just explaining is that I was listening to one of our old messages. Something was linked to. I was trying to get some information, you know, trying to put some things down. So I wanted to get the things I said that time. And I said, wait, you know, I'd forgotten. So I had myself preaching. And I said, well, last week the thing was five something. But now i just talking. I said, ah, it really happened. And this was like five years ago, four, five years ago. I said, What? And we did not die. So why should you now tell me it's 420 now, now panic? I hope you're getting my point. So anytime you hear news, respond. Say, no matter what it takes, the Lord is our shepherd and we will not lack anything. Simple. So I like to declare at such times, I say, listen, he will cause prosperity to flow towards me like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. That is how we do what? We sow seeds all the time. There is seed you sow concerning your health. There is seed you sow concerning divine protection. One of the reasons why I tell I, like, I tell stories, all right? Stories because when I was young, as a young believer on campus those days, stories built me up. They, they. How do you say that? They longer throated me, longer throated me. they stir up my desire. Let's speak proper English. No, this is people are watching from America. They stirred up my desire, amen, for spiritual things. They made me want to know because I read books like um, The Gentle Breeze of Jesus, I Dare to Call Him Father, God Smuggler, Brother Andrew. You, do you get my point? Books like that. I read books like Kennehegan uh, Books, um, John G. Lake, Adventures in God. When you read all those kind of things, you realize that, ah, spiritual things are real. We read stories of divine deliverance. You know, I, I watched one guy's story yesterday, right, in the BBC report. Now, he's not a Christian, but I want to just show how God operates, you know. I don't know why God spared his life. I'm sure God had a, a reason for it. He said when ISIS took over, you know, ISIS Islamic State, when they took over their part of Iraq, it was a recruit. They just recruited, and they came for training. Their officers ran away. So those guys, he was a Shiite. Those guys who came, was. they are mostly Sunnis. So they collected everybody, allowed the Sunnis to go home, and decided to kill the Shiites because they claimed they killed Saddam Hussein. He said they laid all of them down, and they were shooting one after the other. So one guy came to him, he said he heard the first shot go off, the first guy died. Next one, the first guy died. The third shot Killed the guy right next to him. And the guy's blood spilled all over him. He was covered with the guy's blood. He said, I don't know where the next shot went. I heard it. I don't know what happened to it. So the guy, you know, he was the next person to be killed. So they shot him. He heard his shot. He didn't feel anything. He said, after a while, one of them said, He's still breathing. So they wanted to shoot again. The other guy said, leave him. He's an infidel. Let him suffer slowly. He said what he did not know was that the blood he was seeing on him was not his own. I don't know whether you get the point. So the guy who said he wasn't the one that shot, he said, oh, leave him. Infidel. Because this guy is Sunni. The other guy is Shear. All right? He said, leave him. Let him bleed to death slowly. Let him suffer so the that guy laughed and left him. And they assumed that everybody had been shot. And they left. See, so he just laid there till it was dark. And he got up and there was not one bruise on him. Nothing. He just got up, walked away in the dark. Why God spared his life, I don't know. But how he spared his life, you can see. Now listen to me. This was point-blank shooting. It wasn't shooting from a target long range. They were shooting, pam. They were lying on the floor. They were just shooting him one after the other, and killed everybody. They fired the bullet at him. He said he doesn't know what happened to the bullet. He doesn't know. He didn't tear his cloth. Nothing. I like to tell stories like that because we hear so many stories. Kidnambas collected people and killed them. Bandits went here and killed 20 people. You know, in your mind, if bandits come to our village, I will die. No, that's what they are telling you. So what do you do? When you hear such news, Psalm 91, a thousand may fall at my side, ten thousand at my right hand, it will not come near me. When you read the newspaper, you see that, please, what do you do? Sow the seed of the word. Don't react to it. we don't know what's going on in this country, people are dying like chicken. We have told Buhari to sack the service chiefs. I don't know what he's waiting for. Oh, no, 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 no! this country is bad. Listen to me. Let me say this to you. Every negative seed you sow is waiting for you to germinate In fact, it's germinating. You have to kill it. Today you are going to kill every negative seed you have sown. All the ones you read from genetic studies about your life, you will kill it today. You have to uproot it. The thing about the word of God is a weapon for uprooting also. It's a seed. It's still the weapon to uproot. What did God say to Jeremiah. I put my words in your mouth. With that word, what do you do? You will uproot. He gave him four things to do. Then added two to it. You will build and do what? Plant. The word of God is still the uprooting weapon. So today we are going to do what? Uproot. Because if we don't, when you sow seeds, it's germinating. I like one thing, one saying in Western Nigeria. He said if you want, you want to step on cool ground, you know what you do? You throw water ahead. So believers who must learn to throw water ahead into our future, into our tomorrow, into our destiny. You hear all kinds of stories. Listen. Anyway, let me not bother with bad stories. I've seen all kinds of bad things in this life. I've seen people suffer sometimes. You don't know that you want to cry. Sickness. I'm talking about illness. You, don't you just look and say, God. Why should people suffer like this? I thought yesterday I was talking to our sister and she told me stories of people who died from COVID-19. One day she was explaining, explaining, explaining. So you know what I was waiting for? Then the person now turned around and lived. And I said, the day before he died, I said, ah, did he die? He said, yes, now he died. I said, hi, in my mind, that story is bad, stop it. But I told me three stories. Ah, I was feeling bad. Mentioned, do you know this particular factory in Enugu? No. He said the owner of the factory. You know, he went to hospital. He He was not feeling well. They didn't take a wheelchair. He said, No, he can walk. As he took two steps, he collapsed. And uh, wait, wait, what happened after he collapsed the call? He said, and he died now. Ah. <laughs> when I heard the story, sir, I said feeling bad. At the end of the day, all the afternoon. I said, We have finished talking. Let's start to tell the real things. Coronavirus does not kill you. The spirit of death that does what? That kills. And it does not have our name. It doesn't have your name. I said this again. I've said it before. Let me say it again. There are names it has. You can ask the Lord to wipe it. Do you know that? You know that spirit of death had the name of everybody in Nineveh? You know that? He was coming to Nineveh 40 days after Jonah. Then the people knelt down and prayed and begged God. And God took the sheet and tore it. And that generation did not see judgment. So even though this spirit of death has a name of somebody, if you get to your knees and pray for that person, the Lord will not say, because you asked, he will wipe it out. I tell those stories because it stirs off faith. Because you hear the negative ones so much, you don't know that they are buying your tongue. Some people make decisions. I know that before I used to get angry. Why would you do such a foolish thing? But now I don't get as angry as before. What's my reason? I realize that these days, people don't, that is these days I realize it, that people don't just make decisions. Sometimes decisions make them. Did you like my English there? What do I mean? They sow seeds 10 years ago. The seed they saw 10 years ago is commanding, now listen to what I'm saying, is commanding them to do something today. Then I'm angry with them that why are they making such a foolish decision? It's simply, it's simply because 10 years ago, they kept on saying, there's no future for the, for, for, for the young people in this country. There's no future for young people in this country. They kept on saying it. And then you know what happened? That closed their ability to see the future. The time came, you can see a brilliant future in front of him. In fact, he's already living that future. You can see the kind of job he does. You can see the path that is likely to come out for him. Then he gets up one day, resigns the job, packs his wife and children, and goes to up as a refugee in another country. And you're like, excuse me, excuse me. Where you're coming from, you have status. You had this. You have something going for you. But what you don't realize is that he has said it 10 years before that there's no future for me. That's what I mean when I say decisions make people. People don't make decisions. That decision has been made. What you are now seeing, that is that decision is a fruit of seeds sown long ago. What you are now seeing is that that fruit is compelling them to do what they are doing. There are times people will do some things there. Eh? I will kneel down and say, God, please, don't do this to me. I said, Lord, even if I offended you, there are different ways to punish people. Are you getting my point? I said, this one, please. Sometimes I see preachers ruin their own lives and their ministry. And I'll be like, God, please. God, can we talk? Can you just point out the things I did wrong? So I can say sorry now. Because I hate to be this man's age and be talking the way he's talking, thoroughly confused like this. I hope you're getting my point. Somebody should send me an article. I won't give you details now, but it had to do with a development in the country. And he said, people were told that investing in this area, this is where development is coming. This it is a lie. Government is always talking and never doing. Nothing they do will ever work. Nonsense. He said, then finally, those who made the investment, their wealth went up about, if from, you go by 100 times, How many how many percent is that? That's like 10,000 percent, right? Yes, maybe they bought land for a million and The land is now worth like a hundred million. The you know, now say, "Hey, please, where did they say? Where did they say?" I beg, I want to buy. This is no, a hundred million. How ah, can it be hundred million? It was one million four years ago. And I said, "But we told you to buy that time, and you sowed the seed that says that nothing good comes out of this country." Please, I hope you are following my point. See, you have to fight. Let me say this quickly. Even if you are, sh- you are not sure to produce, are they so good seeds? Let us assume I gave you land here. Eh? They now said that, um, this land is not good though. It doesn't produce much. But God said you must sow. Now let me ask you a question. Would you rather sow beans, that is cowpeas, or sow devil beans, really quick? You know what they call devil's beans? Have you fallen into it before? All these people that I grew up in Lagos, they don't know what you're talking about. The way Israel is laughing, he fell into it before. That his laughter is an experiential laughter. Like, or more I still remember. I, I, I many people have fallen into it before? Oh, it's happened to me like two times when I was young. You, you have never seen that kind of before. If you want, to, oh, God, it's, it's wickedness. The kind of, you know, there's no medical treatment. When we're young, there's one no local treatment. What local treatment do you know? Palm, palm oil, yes. Uh, this, you don't see them before. You, they they they, baited, they they stand here, pour oil from my I was anointed with oil. <laughs> my cup was overflowing, I'm telling you. Now, let us assume, therefore, we have this plot of land. You must plant something. You must plant something. We are not sure the land will produce. So which one will you rather plant? Even if you have to gamble, what do you do? Plant the proper beans now. So that if it produces, at least you'll be able to eat. Why do you want to plant devil's beans for your own, on your own land and into your own destiny? Like I tell Christians, when I say the age of miracles is gone, I say, even if it was true, why do you want to believe it? So even if, if you are not sure, at least believe the one that will favor you. Like now they say that um, in this country, there's no good thing for somebody. They end up say, in this country, there's a good thing for somebody. What do you do? You stand on the side of the person that says, it's good. Because if anyone comes to pass, this one favours humor. Sorry, please. This is not common sense. That's why you know that human beings, anyway, ignorance. They don't know what they are doing. Is that like they are sowing seeds concerning their lives? Let's ask our fellows of us who can. I want us to begin to uproot seeds quickly. Let's open our Bibles. I just want to read that Jeremiah chapter one. This man said to God, "I cannot speak. I'm a youth." God said. All that I command you, you shall speak. That's all. In verse 7. He said, Everywhere I send you, you shall go. And all that I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you to deliver you. That's God speaking to Jeremiah. Now notice verse 9. Then the Lord stretched out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See I have appointed you this day over the nations and over the kingdoms. Now notice this. I put my words in your mouth. What are you to do with it? To pluck up, to break down, to destroy, and to overthrow. First four things. One, pluck up, scatter things, crush them. You know, get them out of the place where they used to be, to overthrow them. Remove them from their position of authority. He says, then you will do what? You will build and you will plant. That's why I said today, what we will do is to uproot by the word of God the negative things we have planted in our lives. Now, so when we are beginning to declare, we are doing two things: we are uprooting. At the same time, we are doing what? We are planting. Let's start with Thanksgiving. Let's give a lot of thanks because of understanding, because of faith. By faith, we understand. Give a lot of thanks. By faith, we understand. Give a lot of thanks. Say, by faith, we understand. Let's give the Lord thanks. Because by faith we understand that He has given us understanding of faith today. Now I want to start with these declarations. No matter what you have believed concerning yourself, I want you to start declaring today, I will live and I will not die. Very important. Begin to, concerning your I don't care whether you are feeling well or you are not feeling well. Begin to declare today, I will live and I will not die. I will live. I will not die. I want to begin to declare words concerning your health. If you can, open your Bible to, Psalm, to Isaiah 53 and read that scripture for yourself. That himself took my infirmities and my diseases, and by his stripes I have been healed. Himself took my infirmities and my diseases, And by his stripes, I have been healed. That no matter the sickness that has been prophesied concerning me, maybe because of my genes, because of my heredity, I speak today and I say, I will live, I will not die. That sickness will not manifest. They say it's a genetic disease, you have inherited it. Say, today I silence the genes in the name of Jesus. Listen, spiritual things are real. Spiritual things are real. Say today, I silence those genes in the name of Jesus. I silence those genes in the name of Jesus. I say the spirit of Christ is in me. It is giving life to my mortal body. I say the spirit of Christ is in me. It is giving life to my mortal body. The spirit of Christ is in me. I want you, to, you are speaking to yourself. You are sowing seeds all around you. Say that spirit of Christ, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is in me and is giving life to my mortal body. Even though my body was subject to, so, to death because of sin, yet the spirit of God will give it life because of righteousness. You can open your Bibles to Romans chapter 8 and pray from there. You say says, Christ is in me. He said, if Christ is in you, though the body is subject to death because of sin, yet the Spirit will give you life because of righteousness. He said in verse 11, If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. Through his Spirit who indwells you. Now I begin to declare now, I have life in my mortal body. The Spirit of Christ is in me, is giving life to my mortal body. It is killing the genes of diabetes hypertension, any form of cancer, any kind of tumor, in the name of Jesus. It is killing the genes that make people sick. It's silencing them. It's silencing them. It's silencing them. It is silencing them. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is silencing them. Begin to speak those words. You know, remember, we are, we are sowing seeds. We are sowing seeds. Whether you are sick now or not is not the issue. It is what is Christ doing in you. Speak those words. You may be 20 now. You may even be 17. You may be 18. But speak those words. They will deliver you. Those words will deliver you at the age of 35. Those words will deliver you in 30 years time. Say the spirit of Christ is in me. Giving life to my mortal body. The spirit of Christ is in me. It is giving life to my mortal body. The spirit of Christ is in me. It is giving life to my mortal body. The spirit of Christ, that life, that life, that same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is a life giving spirit. The second man is a life giving spirit. Jesus, for me, has become a life giving spirit. What is life? The first, the living, no, juice of God. That entered into Adam and Adam became a living soul. That juice of God that gave him life that caused the genes to begin to function. That juice that Jesus injected into Lazarus by his words and he came back to life. That spirit in his intense form raised Jesus from the dead. He breathed upon them, saying, Receive the Holy Spirit. Say, I have received that Holy Spirit. Declare it, I have received that Holy Spirit. Is correcting my genes. I have received that Holy Spirit. It is correcting my immune system. I have received that Holy Spirit. Oh, it's important. Speak, Speak to your environment. I have received that Holy Spirit. That same spirit, it raised Jesus from the dead. It is giving life to my mortal body. That same spirit, it raised Jesus from the dead. And it is giving life to my mortal body. That same spirit It raised Jesus from the dead It is curing cancer in my body Now speak to And if you are sick right now Speak to that part of your body that is sick Yes the cancer may be in the leg May be in the liver The ovaries In the breast The cervix The prostate The brain The kidneys Speak to it Address it See you don't have to have power I command you to go out That's not what I'm saying just speak, say in the name of Jesus. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is giving life to my mortal body. It's killing every disease from the root. Today, every disease, every disease, no matter where it is, is killing it. Remember, it raised Jesus from the dead. So the things that are dead, <laughs> the vital parts of the body that are dead, they are coming back to life. What is diabetes? A part of pancreas is dead. That same spirit is giving it life now, now, now. What is heart failure? The fibers in the heart, they are dead. It's giving life to that heart. What is stroke? A portion of the brain is dead. It's giving life to that portion right now. In the name of Jesus. What is blindness? A part of the retina, a part of the eye, a part of the the lens, whatever it is, is dead. Right now we speak to it, receive life. Receive life. Receive life. The life that is in Christ. 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 Please declare those words. Sow it unto your environment. Sow it into your home. Sow it into your office. The life-giving spirit of Jesus Christ is giving life to my mortal body. It is giving life to my mortal body. It is giving life to my mortal body. It is giving life to my mortal body. In the name of Jesus Christ. declare it. Oh. I want us to tackle health matter today. See, I reject the counsel of death. I reject the counsel of sickness. He himself took my infirmities and my diseases. We are just sowing the word. Remember. The seed is the word of God. He said, my son, attend to my words. Incline your ears to my saying. He said, "They are life, though, those who find them are medicine to their whole body. What you are doing, you are, you are drinking medicine. You are drinking medicine. Somebody will have a testimony, I'm telling you. Oh, as you are praying with us, you will have a testimony. You will have a testimony. There are testimonies that people will tell you about you. Somebody is going to see you in the next one week and shout when they see you. What happened to you? That is when you realize that something has dropped off from you. In that name of Jesus. Sow that word into your environment. Say it. He took my diseases to his cross. He took my diseases to his cross. I rose with him with newness of life. It's just a seed. So I just declaring around you. Say, so I've been redeemed from death. Therefore, this pandemic will not get me. Declare that. I've been redeemed from death. I have been redeemed from death. I have been redeemed from death. I have been redeemed. You are just sowing the word. Which word are we showing? He that those that have believed, they have passed out of death and they have passed into life. Declare that. I have believed in Christ Jesus. Therefore, I have passed out of death and I have passed into life. See, the stamp of life is upon me. God has forgiven my sins. Say God has forgiven my sins. God has forgiven my sins. We are just sowing the word. Though. That's what we are doing. We are sowing the word. We are just sowing it. Sowing it around. I will not die. I will live. I will fulfill the purpose of God for my life. My life is in the hands of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has given me life. He has shown me mercy. I am accepted in him. I am beloved of the Lord. The days of my life are written in his books. And I will fulfill everything written in those books. I declare that I will live and not die. But I will declare the purpose of God. I will fulfill the purpose of God for my life. Oh, let's continue to declare it. Today, let's just talk the health matter. Next time we'll talk about other things. Productivity. Fruitfulness on every side. But we can just take a few words of them. Bless your environment. Say, I have the power to get wealth. He has given me the power to get wealth. We'll pick it up from there. God helping us. He has given me the power to get wealth. It is the Lord my God that is giving me the power to create wealth. See, because poverty is a curse, it has been broken in my life. I have been redeemed from the curse of the law. I have been redeemed from unproductivity. The earth is blessed for my sake. For the sin of Adam, the earth was cursed. For the righteousness of Christ Jesus, it has been blessed. Whatever I put my feet upon is the holy ground. Therefore, productivity is my portion. God has given me the power to create wealth. Say, the Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not lack anything. I am blessed, therefore I am a blessing. Whatever I put my hands to do prospers. Because the word of God is living in me. Let us take a minute, speak direct words to your business. Say, live and don't die. (laughs) Speak it to your career, speak it to your skill. The skill that God has given you. Say, live and do not die. Live and do not die. The anointing of God to be productive upon you. Speak to it. Say, live and do not die. The anointing for ministry. Live and don't die. Declare, say, this is the word of God concerning me. I will be fruitful, I will multiply, and I will fill this earth. He said, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth.
0: Let's use another 20 seconds to declare that. And declare fruitfulness um, over our environment. That, are, that the works of our hands are blessed. That the works of our hands are blessed. Let's declare that. And these are the seeds that we are sowing and we will continue to sow father we give you praise let's just open them out and as we round of our prayers let's give the lord thanks for answering us and say lord we are grateful that again we have um, sown the seeds and they will germinate so give the lord thanks and say lord we are grateful thank you because you are careful to watch over your word to bring it to pass lord we give you praise Thank you, Lord, for your word again. Thank you, Lord, for these seeds that we have sown, and I will keep sowing. We give you praise forever. Thank you, Lord, for the things that have been uprooted, the negative things that have been uprooted. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to uproot those things. And, Lord, we ask for grace never to sow those seeds again. In the name of Jesus. Amen. We ask for grace when pressure comes upon our souls. We ask for grace never to sow those negative seeds again. In the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise forever. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We are passed out of under the curse to the blessing. All things are passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and we walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is a season of multiplication, dominion, and manifestation in the name of Jesus Christ. Just give that last line to your neighbor. Say, this is your season of multiplication. And the last one to yourself, this is my season of multiplication,